the song. Good afternoon. What is this? Episode 021. Yeah. Nice. Business Corporate Smoking Podcast. We're listening to a little bit of Toto covering the Beatles. This is a great, this is that uh, live album from 2020, 2021. Let's hope that uh, we don't get banned for this song. Yeah. I love this song. I love Toto. Toto's one of my faves. Yeah, they're, I they're, love they're amazing. It's a weekly occurrence. I love this song for a lot of reasons. Uh, I love covers, first of all. I love hearing bands do covers. So, but we're talking about this. We teed up this song specifically uh, because we're talking about delegation. We're talking about uh, the idea of folks working together and getting things done as a team Mm -hmm. uh, as an organization and we're going to be talking about delegation we're going to be talking about accountability Uh, we're going to be throwing out a few hacks and tricks and tips along the way or some observations Uh, so that is what we're going to be talking about in episode 021 Uh, Meanwhile, we are helping uh, guide business owners and their leadership teams to their land of awesome. That's right. One stepping stone at a time. So, cheers, buddy. (laughs) I'm still listening to the song. Yeah, it's a great great song. (laughs) The performance on this song is so good. I mean, they're, they're playing this all together in one take. At the very end, you hear them talking. And it's just, they put them all together, hit record, and went. And that's so hard to do. And we're listening to another recording of this by another artist. That's right. And this recording actually sounds better. They crushed it. Yeah. They crushed it. Man, this is good. So, um, where uh, where are you at in the book, by the way? <laughs> oh, dude. Chapter 18. Yeah? yeah. You got a few more in? Okay. Yeah, except good. most of the first half of chapter 18, I can't remember what it was about. <laughs> yeah. Were you driving? Yeah. You're drooling. Yeah, I'm driving. And and dri- I get like droopy. halfway to where I'm going. I'm like, wait, what happened? Um, last half of chapter 17, I had to listen to it three times. Oh. Because I kept like hmm. realizing I wasn't listening. Yeah. I was totally tuning it out. Hmm. That's, yeah. So I, I have to stop doing that because I'm never going to get through the book. Yeah. But uh, it's at the point where uh, McClellan is sent back to Washington to take over the troops in oh. Washington, yeah. D.C. So it's... Um, and there's a lot of uh, murmuring. Yes. Um, because they all know that McClellan is slow to action. Yes. Yeah. And that was uh, the opposite side keeps taking advantage of that. Yes. Yeah. That's a big, that's um, a great example of something that I don't, that Lincoln, Lincoln, well, I've noticed and I, others have noticed, and I've seen this, I guess I would say anecdotally with clients, that people are good at a couple things. Uh, great leaders are good at one or two things mm-hmm. yeah. and they kind of basically stink at everything else or they're not so good at they're okay at some things and then they're not so good at just about everything else. That's pretty much everybody. Yeah. And, and so to focus, to get to, to figure out well, what is it I'm really good at and really focus on that mm-hmm. and really dump a bunch of juice on that right there. Most of us don't figure that out. No. And it's sad. To be honest. And that ties into our conversation today. I'm mm-hmm. glad you brought up McClellan yeah. because that was one of my takeaways about Lincoln and about McClellan is mm-hmm. Lincoln 
refused to hold McClellan accountable mm-hmm. to his role, you know, and and it was really clear to everybody, including Lincoln, that McClellan was a prima donna, that he just wanted to be important. Um, well, when he got reassigned back to Washington, he made a big to-do about it yeah. to his wife, I think, yeah. in a letter. And they, yeah. they read some of that letter and, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, he's... <laughs> And yet he didn't do any fighting. It's like, dude, we hired you to fight the other guys, you know, and why, he wouldn't do it. He just—I don't understand why he dra- he dragged his feet. Well, on he making decisions like that was it. Wow. He just didn't want to make the decision, or well, so um, I think that's one of the. Uh, I think that's one of the mistakes people make around accountability uh-huh. is they try to figure out why people aren't doing it. I think it's waste. I think it's a waste of time. I think it's a. I think it's a rabbit trail actually because that doesn't solve the situation yeah i mean at the end of the day if you're putting somebody in a seat you need to be pretty sure they can do it in the first place right right and so for example hiring a general to run all the armies like hey <laughs> you're gonna be able to do this right <laughs> like if you're... you know what your job is right it's gonna like I love I love Patton. You know, you've heard me say this before, but yeah. he had that big speech where he's like, "Men, I know you're here because you're willing to die for your country, mm. but the goal is to make the other guy die for his." Yeah, you know. And I was like, "Oh, thanks for clearing that up, General." You know, and it's really simple, but yeah, very direct. Very simple. And it's mm. like, buddy, hey McClellan, hey buddy, like you're not doing your job. Like you're dressing up real nice. Mm-hmm. And you got these big parades and lots of fancy uniforms mm-hmm. for all your guys and hundreds of thousands of troops stomping around. But, buddy, we need you to go fight the guys with the gray coats. Go go fight them, you know? Mm-hmm. And he just wouldn't do it. And and he was offended that anybody would criticize him. I think too. that's a red flag. Yeah. Offense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that's what we're talking about today is seats, accountability, ownership. How do you, how do you do that as a business owner? How, you know, and it is a tough, it is, it is the toughest, I think the toughest role uh, for a leader is to identify seats or identify roles that aren't, here's this role and this role and this role and that role. And we're going to put you in this one and you in this one and you in that one. And here's how we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, hey, are we doing it okay? Like following up? It's really tough. I see a lot of folks really struggle with this. Um, it's not that complicated. It's just real gutsy. I mean, you've got to be right. pretty gutsy right. to do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so essentially, you got to start off with, and we're talking about delegation, okay? So I've got this... Uh, Sorry, I got a <laughs> yeah, cough button or whatever you call it. Well, I have a mute here, but I never catch it in time. Yeah. So, maybe so uh, should I edit that out or I don't no? Know. Just leave it in there. It... So most entrepreneurs are really good at delegating. They just delegate the wrong direction, which means they end up doing everybody else's work. Yeah, you caught me off guard when we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. I was like, huh. Yeah. What? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> well, and so, and you'd ask me like, why do they end up there? Why? Why does that? Why does that feel normal? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's they evolve into mm-hmm. that, and they're, uh, 
can do, get her done. Give me that. Let me, let me, you know. Yes, let me yes, show yes, you yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And they say yes to clients, yes mm-hmm. to vendors, yes to opportunities. They, that's partly how they grew their business from zero to zero whatever. something. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And that um, attitude of the, of, I would say, uh, like a, like a, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get it done. Like that work ethic, mm-hmm. you know, it can't stop me kind of work ethic. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. That's a, that's actually vital mm-hmm. in, in any of this kind of work, but mm-hmm. um, it gets misplaced, you know, and they just uh, go around and do everything that's undone instead of going, wait a second, I hired somebody to do this. Why am I doing it? You know, and they don't really clarify that they have a, and they get bitter or they get, you know, angry or ticked off or whatever. It's kind of represented in uh, E-Myth. Yeah. Yeah. You see that in there? Yeah. Sure. So uh, delegation, uh, we're going to kind of cover a couple of no-brainers about how to delegate and create accountability. Mm -hmm. And all that accountability means is you own this, like, and you own the results of it. Or who owns it, identifying who owns it and who owns the results, mm-hmm. whether it's um, good or bad results, they belong to somebody. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to kind of say, well, what are the roles in the first place? So that's kind of the first step is kind of setting out and saying, hey, you do this and I'll do this. And a lot of times owners and operators don't, they, they fail right there. They just assume everybody knows what to do. Uh, and I, that sounds really dumb to say it like that. Like, hey, you just assume everybody knows. Like, oh, of course I don't. But they don't do anything about it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Practically. I was like, well, buddy, have you explained any of this to anybody? Well, don't they just know? I just said you assume. <laughs> you know, well, let, let's look up what assume means. It's like you, you hire know? somebody and you talk to them for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Like, okay, there you go. That's right. I used to do this all the time. I used to screw this up all the time with tenants. So for years and years, I've been a landlord. Um, shoot, 30, almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. And it took me about... 20 years to figure out <laughs> how bad I you was. knucklehead? And screwing it up. And then I was like, oh, I should stop doing this. Right. Like, and, uh, so that's when I got out of residential, essentially. And, and oh, Wait a second. So you're in residential yes. for all these years. And then yes. you're just like, yes. wait a second. Yes. I'm going to get out of residential. That's right. And go commercial. Because. That's right. Uh, that's right. Because I'm no good at a significant part of being a landlord. <laughs> you know? Like, huh. I mean. Okay, I bought the building. That's all you got to do, right? Like, no, no there's. No. I mean, I could fix it. Yeah, but there, there's some other stuff. Well, I could pay the bills. Yeah, that's important too. But there's this, there's this thorny issue called the tenant. I was gonna say people. <laughs> yeah, people. It's a big deal. Yeah. Now, so what I would do is this person would come along, answer my ad or whatever, and they'd come along, and I'd look at them and I think, oh, I get their story. They need this place, and I've got it here for them. And they're going to take really good care of them. Look at them. Look how nice they are or whatever. And I would just, like, read into it, and i think, oh, they see this property the way I see it. Mm. And they respect it. All my, they respect all my hard work. 
you know, and they're looking at this kitchen and this bathroom and this thing I remodeled, and they're like, yeah, this is really cool. And I'm explaining to them, hey, here's how hard I worked to get this to this place. And I'm just assuming they're going to treat it the way I did. And then I'm also assuming they've treated other, every other place they've been the way I would. I feel like this is going to go in a bad direction. <laughs> right? And then about three months later, I'm like, hey, how come you're not paying the rent? And hey, how come there's a big hole in the... Right. You know, and, hey, what's that dog that you're not supposed to have? And hey, what's that smell coming out of the... Oh, it's just, uh, yeah. And it would go bad. And yeah. then, you know, but I wouldn't learn. You know, I would keep assuming that they understood, you know, what I needed or what they needed. I mean, mm-hmm. it just wasn't clear. So... That's the first step is really to say, all right, here's my job and here's your job. Uh, so, and I would start, so eventually I got a, into a much bigger situation where there were 72 units. Yeah. So I got to practice this a lot. You know what I mean? I got better where, at it. Where you were like uh, telling and, the tenants, yeah. hey, this is what you're responsible for. That's right. And this is what I'm responsible for. That's right. Exactly. I said, so you pay the rent. That's your job. Mm-hmm. On time, mm-hmm. and and don't break anything, you know, on purpose. <laughs> I mean, accidents happen, all right, that. Right. And that's your job. And my job is to fix the place and keep the water on and the heat on and all that and keep it from leaking. And I'll do my job, and you do your job, and we'll be fine. But if I stop doing my job, well, then you can move out. You you've got that option. Mm-hmm. Uh. And if you stop doing your job, well, I'll have you move out. That's my option. Mm-hmm. Like, so as long as, we're, so we're clear, like you got your, yeah, yeah. And I would, sometimes I'd whiteboard it, you know, because <laughs> I just was like, and they'd see this little picture. I'm like, hey, this is you. And I had a little stick figure. This is you. And this is money. All right. And this is me with the wrench and I'm fixing, you know, and it was like so dorky. Wow. But it created crystal clarity. Mm-hmm. And those folks, well, the folks are like, oh, shoot. They didn't rent the place. They're like, hey, I'm going to, I'll get back with you, you know? And they would say, we're coming back tomorrow with the money. And they'd never show up. Kind of sniffed them oh, out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, cre- it sniffed a bunch of them out. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's the first step here mm-hmm. is to to not um, drop the ball on explaining your job mm. as the leader. And so you say, I am going to do this and this, or I own these results, or I will... I will own these roles and, and explain that to the potential hire, for example. You know, so, I'd, so I would say, as a, let's say you're the general manager, visionary, uh, CEO. I don't know. There's so many different ways to kind of bucket that. But mm-hmm. say, okay, so uh, as the CEO, I'm going to attract great people to this organization. That's my job. And anytime, and we'll say Bob, I'm using Bob again today. Hey, and so, Bob, anytime you see that we are not attracting great people to this organization, you can come to me and say, dude, I thought that was your job. You know, because I, I want to be held accountable. I want mm-hmm. you to know, Bob, that that's my job. That if we don't have a great flow of talent coming into this organization, I mailed it in. You know, uh, now, Bob, your job is, you know, it might be, uh, to manage these people that I bring in, you know, I'll bring them in you manage them, you know, or it might be, I'll bring in the clients, I'll set the expectations and you deliver on those expectations. Mm -hmm. 
you know? And so creating crystal clarity right at the beginning with both sets of roles. And you may pull in all kinds of other roles. When I say, let's say you have a company with 30 employees. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot of seats. That's a lot of jobs. That's a lot of roles. And some are crossing over and some, you know, you might have 15 people doing the same thing or something like that um, or similar things. But it's important to kind of say here, here's how work flows through our organization. Mm -hmm. And here, this guy owns that and this gal owns this and this gal over here owns that. And the seat that we want you to sit in is right here. And this is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step is to make sure they understand what they're what you're asking them to do, and they understand what you're doing. That's a big deal. Okay. Now, um, on that first step, you want to create crystal clarity in their seat. And so we want to be able to say, here's some results, or you could even use verbs, might, like perhaps owns customer satisfaction, or deliver smiles, you know, or uh, create recurring customers. Or, uh, for instance, on sales side, if you're the VP of sales, let's say you're the VP of business development, mm -hmm. you know, you got to tell the story. So it might be tell the story uh, and you owns ideal clients or owns client avatar. Or something so then it's real easy to go hey we got these 50 clients yeah 30 of them stink oh well they don't fit our avatar oh well, that guy owns the avatar or that guy owns our client you know painting or our client you know our target market client here's what a great client looks like and so you pull that buddy aside guy aside and say hey buddy listen um remember when you signed up for the job you, your job is to bring in ideal clients well these aren't it so can you just stop that? <laughs> I mean, can, can you flip it? Can you flip it? Can you see it from there? Uh, switch flipper. Brian Regan uh, skit. Love it. Switch, I think it's switch flipper. Switch flipper. His name is Skit. Yeah, switch yes. flipper. He's getting his phone turned on. Oh, super funny. So, uh, yeah, so creating crystal clarity. And uh, as, a, as, a little, as a little side note, this is a little example from the Steve Jobs book I just finished a little bit ago. Um, What's the guy's name? Tim, Tim Cook, the uh, mm -hmm. yeah. the president person, um, who you know in a in in a traction kind of metaphor or, or arrangement, there's you know, visionary and integrator. Mm -hmm. I personally don't like thinking of them that way. I like thinking of them as pathfinder and conductor. All right, so these are two roles. All right, in a in an organization, and. Somebody in an organization has to go, oh, I see where we can take this business. Mm -hmm. And it's way over there. And I will figure out how to chart a course to that place. Pathfinder, scout, exactly. visionary. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, now it's kind of a title. So if you go, oh, I'm the visionary. Well, that sounds important, right. you know, it but does. Yeah. it's like, but then you go, but why aren't we going anywhere? Yeah. And where are we headed? So I poke it. <laughs> We're going I, in circles. My folks. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we got that great skit coming out here. Uh, uh, is it? It's about done. It's about done. About yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stay tuned. We got a great little skit coming up on video. Um, but the visionary. So I poke at 
future or current clients and say, hey, visionary, yeah, where are we going? And just ask them. And I'll... Like, buddy, come on. You got to have that thing on the tip of your tongue. We're going to the land of awesome. It looks like this and looks like this. And this is who we are. And this is why we're doing this. You know? You even have them practice. Oh, man. Yeah. I have them practice right in a session. Right. And then go, hey, folks, did that? He said this thing. Do you want to go there? Like, does that sound interesting to you? <laughs> you know, uh, Bob, I mean, we could pick on Bob again. Yeah. Bob the visionary. Like, hey, Bob, your folks are falling asleep on you. I'm pretty sure it's not a compelling vision. I noticed you used a bunch of dollar signs. Mm. That's not a, a vision. No. That's a math problem. Yeah. You know, like, hey, our vision is to have the sum of this math problem be X. Like, yawn. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, okay. So if you're an investor, all right, that's kind of cool. But yeah. if you're an, an employee, who cares? Mm -hmm. Does that impact my paycheck there, boss? Like, yeah, but, you know, well, why am I here? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're here for the money. I'm here for what? You know, it's you got to be able to cast a bigger vision. Right. All right. So the visionary right. owns that. Mm -hmm. I like calling them pathfinders mm -hmm. because it's a little more, it's a little bit more of a kind of money term around here's what you do. Mm -hmm. and here's what you own. Hey, we don't have any paths. Okay. Well, let's look at the pathfinder. Yeah, that's his job. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. So uh, the other side of this leadership kind of union would be what I would call the conductor. And I love the conductor term because of an orchestral or in an orchestral kind of metaphor. So mm -hmm. in an orchestra, uh, you go see, you know, Brahms or Beethoven or Mozart or whatever. There's somebody that's conducting this orchestra. So you've got some major components here. First of all, you've got a bunch of professionals, hopefully, <laughs> that are playing instruments mm -hmm. they're really good at the violin or the viola or the oboe or the bassoon or something they are aces mm -hmm. on their instrument um but they don't know anything about the other guy's instrument and they can't hear or see the other guy across the room and let's say in a typical big orchestra uh there's 60 to 100 players right yeah that's a bunch of people mm -hmm. sitting around and they're all really good at what they do, but they're all in this, like, zone. They're in this pipe, if you will, or in their swim lane. And it's really hard for them to get a general sense of what the other person is doing on the other side. Mm -hmm. You know, if, they're, if you're over here with the cellos, it's really hard to tell what the violas are doing or whatever over on the other side of the room, and on the other side of the stage. So the conductor's job is to... Get them all to play in unison and to act as the uh, rhythmic pulse, A, mm -hmm. and also the emotional path that they're on and kind of take all those pros and get them to unify around the conductor and to present a unified experience to the audience. But they don't play anything. The conductor doesn't make any sound. You know, they just, uh, and they don't write the music either, say. right? Mm -hmm. It's not their vision. They're executing mm -hmm. the vision. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, one of the primary roles of the right hand or second in command mm -hmm. is to make it happen. Yeah. Execute the vision. Mm -hmm. What's the vision, boss? We're going to the land of awesome. It looks like this, looks like that. Great. Okay, I'll get her done. You know, I'll get everybody to work in unison. 
um, which includes putting them all in their seats that mm-hmm. they that they're good at, right? You know, they belong in that they fit in really well. So the first part of this is saying this seat here needs uh, owns these roles. Okay, crystal clarity around that seat. So let's say we're hiring business development. We say, all right, you own this, you own this, you own this, you own that. If you don't write that down, and this is this sounds really dumb to say, but I can't tell you how many people I've worked with um, that are smart, hardworking people that have been in business all their life. And they say, you know, I hired, I hired a new business development guy or something. You know, I'm just making up business development mm-hmm. right now. But mm-hmm. like, oh, well, show me what you showed him. Well, I didn't, I, I didn't show him anything. We just talked. Like, okay, so you talked and you think he got clarity from this, you talking? You know, like, yeah. how do you think that's going to go? You th- do you think he heard all that you meant to say? And you think he remembered half of what you actually said? No. You're like, no, we know that just from having kids, mm-hmm. you know? So um, they don't write it down. And, you, and like, so, so sometimes this sounds really elementary, but it's like, first, write down a few bullet points of if you sit in this seat, here's what you own. And now that's a no-brainer, but folks just don't do it. Uh, including some expectations, maybe some results. Hey, if you do this really well, this is what it would look like. Uh, maybe it's create this or develop that or execute on that or write this or that. Um, but you know, some verbs in there, some action words, you know what I'm saying? Um, not titles like president of this or that, or leader of this or that, or manager of this or that. Like, well, those are titles. Those are descriptions of titles. They're not really descriptions of, of work, of, of product, mm-hmm. of, of work product, you know? So that's first big step. Once you kind of go, I do this, you do this, you do that. And when you do that, it looks like this. Here's four or five, and I would say handful. Mm-hmm. You know, handful is a great little term. It's kind of like four is a little too few, six is a little too many, maybe, you know, six is on the kind of big side, mm-hmm. four is on the skinny side, if you will. All right, four, five, or six, you know, big, bold bullet points. Like you own, ba, 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 you own, da, da, da. All right, so, so that's step one. Create crystal clarity, write it down, make a little picture, put it on a chart of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's first. Secondly, we've got to then actually communicate clearly what is written down. So you can't. You know, those are two steps. Mm-hmm. First step, writing it down. Got it. Well, a lot of folks aren't good at communicating clearly, you know, and creating crystal clarity around this thing that's on a sheet of paper going, now, Bob, I need you to, this is what this job's all about. And, you know, I think it's great to kind of spell out, here's what success looks like. Here's a few numbers. Here's a few results. If you're really crushing this, this will happen and this will happen and that'll happen. And if you're, if you're really screwing it up, it'll look like this. And paint that picture like, now, Bob, if it starts looking like this, we know we're in trouble. You know, uh, if these folks start chirping and chiming or the phone starts ringing with this message on it or see this number in QuickBooks, if that mm-hmm. starts dropping below this, mm-hmm. we know 
that you're, you're, you know, or if we see you standing around the office like this, you, you know, so if you're business development, buddy, go out and scare it up. Like, go do something. Get mm-hmm. out of the office. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing around here? You know, right. the work's out there. Go get it. Drag it in. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're the hunter, um, what are you hanging around camp for? Right. You know, go, <laughs> go out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, so to communicate clearly, and that is paint a picture, dance all around this thing, talk about it from here and from here and from here and from here. Um, and then repeat it in certain and in, in various ways and get them to repeat it back maybe. And even say, okay, now we've done a lot of talking here, Bob, why don't you write down, I'll just take a minute. I'll pause. Why don't you write down what you think the four basic, basic roles are, you know, and just like quiz them on it. And, and yeah, it sounds like a little, maybe it's an HR pitfall. I don't know, but we're just trying to go, mm-hmm. Hey, you're understanding, right? <laughs> like we're we're on the same page, right? Yeah. So that's the second big deal is make sure that they get it, that you get it. It's all clear that you know you had communication. Okay. Um, and then the third step is to actually put somebody in there that's good at it. Now, how you can tell if they're good at it? You know, it's that is a one of the low hanging fruit areas. People are pretty bad at interviews mm-hmm. uh, business leaders you know so sometimes you've seen me do this you know we're talking about we're trying to smack an issue solve an issue and uh any issue is always somebody mm-hmm. right usually and so finally at some point often at some point i'll say you know how about if we just who who hired this person <laughs> you know <laughs> raise your hand it's always like you know. I was like, ah, it was me, coach. You know, <laughs> like, give me your keys. I'm like, quit, quit it, quit hiring people. Like, guys, this is like the fifth guy he hired that was a bozo, mm-hmm. you know, or something. Uh, and and the last one cost us a hundred grand or two hundred grand or something. What do you say you stop it? Like, take some lessons, mm-hmm. some hiring lessons, you know, or read a book on interviews. Uh. Or how to do background checks, or I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. A couple of great ones. Um, well, there's this massive one that I read called uh, Top Grading. Yes. Yeah. And Top Grading is pretty much all about how to interview. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's it's a massive tome. It's yeah. Uh, it's like 800 pages, and I got through it though. So, and one of the one of the takeaways is interview people in tandem like mm-hmm. don't do it alone you know as a as an interviewer don't go in there or don't sit down with a candidate by yourself um also to have a written process mm-hmm. here's what we're going to ask here's what we're going to check on here's what we're going to say you know follow a formula a, a at least a a a template if you will and most folks wing it and trust me, you go see some concert where they're all winging it. Guess what? You don't go back. You're like, I don't know who mm-hmm. they were. The opening act for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like that's a, there's a reason why they're still opening for people because they keep winging it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, they're not practicing, and that's one of the things that pros do, is they practice right. what they're really good at. Right. They practice, 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 practice. And this person, if you're putting people in seats, guess what? You are a professional hirerer. That's your job is to find and place correct people. You're like a scout for a baseball team. Mm-hmm. And so if we go, hey, 
this baseball team really stinks. Oh, yeah? Where did we get all these guys? That scout over there brought them in. Oh, well, that's our problem. Yep. You know? And he might go, yeah, there's no great people out there. Yeah, they are. The other guys hired them. You know, they're they're working for somebody, just not us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. So the third, uh, well, not third, this is our fourth uh, step here. So we, we created crystal clarity. Uh, I do this, you do that. Uh, wrote it all down on the seats. We communicate it really clearly. Uh, we put somebody in the seat that we go, yeah, we think they can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Lastly, it's do a bunch of follow-up, you know, uh, actually come in regularly and say, hey, how you doing with those four roles and these two numbers and these results that you own? And these are yours. Mm-hmm. How you doing? What do you need from me? You need some more time. You need some more coaching. You need some more training. You need to read a book. You need somebody to, I don't know, come alongside of you. You need an assistant. You need some software. You know, right. I got these great pens here. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <clears throat> so... And to just keep saying, yeah, this, you know, touch, uh, regular touches, not in an HR sense. Oh, brother. Uh, and just say, hey, how you doing? Yeah. Uh, here, 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 here. Just follow up. Folks are terrible at follow up. Yeah. I find professional leaders often, I'm going to say nine out of 10. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty gutsy number. (laughs) That's pretty high. But nine out of ten are just like, you know, are you following up? Are you talking? Yeah, I talked to him yesterday. About what? Oh, I saw him at the coffee pot and said hi. Dude, that's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) That's not follow up. You know, did you say, hey, how's those four projects? You're going to be done on time? And how's that three thing? those three things you own? And hey, what's that one number like? No. Well, that's what we mean by follow. Mm -hmm. Dude, get your dictionary out. Right. What's... What does it say? Follow up, you know, like and that's drink coffee. Yeah, it's uh, that's such low hanging fruit. Stand by the water cooler. Yeah, and there's value with water cooler stuff, sure. but but this isn't what we're this isn't it. No. So um, now, so in a soccer field, really simple. I mean, most businesses are like the seventh seven year old soccer team, you know. Where I remember those days. Let's <laughs> go across the field, and there's, there's all these little kids running after it, you know. And it's like a, it's like most a, of the kids. Yeah, Sometimes most most of both teams. Two, like there's like I don't just know, standing there. eleven kids on yeah. each team, I think. Yeah. And so the goalies are like kind of like, oh yeah, I stay here in the box, yeah. But everybody else is running after the ball, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you hear the parents go, get back in the goalie box. And, you know, some, the poor little kid can't help. It. He's like, I'm going after the ball, you know? And it's like, no, buddy, no, wait for it to come to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that is an example of clarifying roles, you know, um, creating, Hey, this is your space. This is his space. This is her space. And when the ball comes through like this, this is your job. And we don't do that in the biz it is as simple as it sounds. So, uh, I would challenge, uh, I challenge you listeners, I challenge my clients to really dig deep and uh, figure out how to clarify these roles, clarify what you do, what they do, write it down, uh, repeat it, paint a picture of it, put person in the seat that you're saying, I'm pretty darn sure they're going to be able to crush this. Mm-hmm. And then follow up with them regularly, give them what they need, but get out of their way. Yes. Don't do it for them. That's delegation the wrong way Mm -hmm. you know delegating is going here's what i need you to do 
don't bother me with you know your job mm-hmm. there's a great uh book i haven't read it i've heard a bunch of good things about it called the the one minute manager and the monkey oh, or something yeah, one minute manager is one yeah. yeah and and the guy he's like basically folks come into your office and they have this like monkey on the shoulder mm-hmm. and then just you, the manager got like hey when you leave take your monkey with you mm-hmm. <laughs> like i don't leave it on my desk mm-hmm. like it's not mine that's yours mm-hmm. now um you can't do that if you don't have crystal clarity right and you got to say this whole set of stuff is yours if you need my help come ask me but i'm not going to do your job for you you I hired you to do it right and if i'm doing your job guess what i'm not doing mine and as a as a leader if you're not doing your job guess what we're going around a big dang circle mm-hmm. you know uh yeah so and we've got that great skit yeah. about the uh vikings hey, stay tuned yeah we're going in circles so there you go a little bit of a pep talk if you will around delegation mm-hmm. very good so all right so i think that's a wrap we just want to do a down and dirty nice little episode here uh episode 021 we've got some great uh content and other podcasts as well um if you'd like to like uh like me to come speak at your event or if you'd like to do a workshop of some sort here at lodestone true north in cuyahoga falls ohio let us know we're real good at that sort of thing um otherwise we will see you on 22 good job there bud give us some more of that music oh yeah sure got a second okay there we go there you go i think they made this album uh this is a covid album and they recorded it live as a live feed um wow it's that's one of the reasons it's so amazing that they just they hit the green light switch and went you know this is a great example of everybody staying out of each other's way mm-hmm. everybody in a band that's a really good band they know okay that guy's doing that and i'm doing this and they like they don't step on each other's toes mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying they don't do each other's job mm-hmm. and when you when you listen to a really good band with a lot of chemistry you hear that you can actually hear them staying on each other's way and then they just kind of they kind of build together it's glorious this is really good all right buddy good episode see you on the next one all right cheers <laughs>